They told me I use my mouth good. So I started a podcast. which means it's time for a random episode of Sunday Fun Day for my podcast. And I only got to one podcast this month uh, because I have been in hardcore writing mode and I'm really excited to share with you guys some of the stuff I've been working on. I uh, have put together a poetry chapbook that I will be uh, publishing probably... The next couple months or so and I'll be doing an audiobook version of it too so for the listeners who really like the poetry there's going to be a whole book of it that you can buy and listen to and uh you know get all those those sad poetry feels out <laughs> and I uh, yeah so what am I going to talk about today it's it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be like a lot of random stuff. Um, I already concluded the Queer Eye series, and uh, I'm glad to be done with that. Of course, of course, anyone who's been listening knows that Queer Eye has just been an invaluable source of great self-help therapy advice, which I'm all about. And it's extremely positive, and actually, I just listened to a podcast one of Russell Brand's podcasts with Karamo Brown on it that a good friend sent to me, and it was really good. I'll link to that in the show notes because it was a really great episode, kind of talking about Karamo's life and uh, Russell's life too, and just kind of the the various struggles they've had, and you know, growing up with family issues and all of that. It was really, really, really great. I, I think today I, I've I've been kind of debating on whether or not to tell this kind of story because I've been I've been holding off on telling it until I was able to get a little more I guess context for myself and also just you know respecting the privacy of other people involved um, because it was a situation that really like spiraled out of control and I've been wanting to talk about it because I mean you know 
It's what I do. I talk about things. Um, And it's very hard for me to not talk about things, especially if I'm extremely angry about how they turned out or how they went down or things like that. It's hard for me to not, you know, really shout about injustice and stuff like that in the world, obviously. Um, (laughs) But I've, I've been feeling that it's finally the time. And so I want to tell a story of a situation that kind of unfolded at the last half of last year that is just wild. It's just a weird story. And I'm not going to give like all of the details involved because it's didn't get very tedious and stuff. I'll just kind of give a broad overview of what happened and how it kind of has affected some of the other creative stuff that I've been working on. Um, because it definitely did and that also made me pretty angry too in fact like anger is kind of the overarching feeling i'm getting about this entire situation just extreme vivid intense anger and that's a feeling that i've struggled with a lot in my life trying to keep it under keep it contained and also being told that I should keep it contained in situations where it was entirely warranted the way you're socialized as someone who codes as a woman or a girl in society is that you're not really allowed to express your emotions if they fall into areas like anger you know like you're going to be called hysterical or there's all these negative modifiers attached to the feeling of anger if you code as a woman in society you know things like hysterical or whatever where you don't see those same words being used to describe male anger for example you see a lot of other things oh passionate he's just so passionate or he's just so uh intense and like oh you know he's just flawed and troubled and shit like that and as someone who has never really identified with a binary kind of view of gender throughout my life, this was very confusing to me because I had very good reasons, justifiable reasons to be angry during periods of my life where I was experiencing violence, for example, which that's been something I haven't been able to escape as much as I've tried to. And I've tried to stay away from violent situations. I'm a very peaceful person. I've never you know, raised a hand to anyone. I'm just extremely, I would say, you know, am I healthy? I'm a very easygoing, open-minded kind of person. But I've kind of reached a point, especially in the last couple of years, where I've really embraced the anger that I felt, the righteous anger that I felt about how I've been treated and how people close to me have been treated and the toxic societal norms that reinforce that really bad treatment because it's not enough that like you're treated bad on an individual level it's very much harder to step outside of that locus of things and say wait a second it's not just me like I'm not crazy there's all of this societal reinforcement telling me basically gaslighting me saying I shouldn't be so upset about something. So the topics are going to be like anger and forgiveness, specifically the power that you hold in forgiveness or lack thereof. 
And so I'm going to launch into this story. And I just want to say, like, this, I don't like that these situations have become so, I've almost become kind of numb to them in certain ways. And as far as I always kind of expect that at some point, one year, there's going to be someone who weasels their way into my life and takes advantage of my kindness and empathy and goodwill towards others and uses it to try to exploit me. This has been a constant theme for a very, very long time, and it doesn't feel good to just kind of be resigned to it, to just be like, okay, who's going to be the asshole this year who tries to fuck up my life or terrify my friends or things like that? And I almost made it through a year of peace, relative peace, where I did not think that it would be a problem. I thought I was in a in a fairly, you know, kind of peaceful area and I had done a good job of removing uh, people from my life that would be a problem and also separating from environments that uh, were not as accepting and all of that. But it's like every year there has to be someone who tries to come in and really like brings out the worst of my inclinations towards what I believe about humanity. And I don't like that, you know, like I joke about like the nihilism stuff all the time. I, you know, I don't have the brightest view of humanity sometimes. And I cope with this in various ways. And it is kind of bullshit, though. It is bullshit when every time you try to like open yourself up to someone else, it often leads to this weird form of exploitation. And so... I'll get to the story in just a little bit because I, I want to talk a bit about a project that I had started a couple of years ago and that I decided to shelve because of this whole incident because it's just so, so shitty. Um, so I had started this series back when I had moved back to Florida uh, a couple of years ago and I went through a long period of isolation and depression after I left San Diego the first time and I couldn't write anything. I had complete writer's block and I was working out a lot of things uh, in my life and trying to figure out, you know, how did I, how did I get here? You know, how did I get to this point where, you know, my life was so thoroughly destroyed by another person? Because again, I was, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt and all of that shit when I shouldn't have. And so eventually though, I got to a point where I could write again and it all just kind of came out like a flood. And I called it the Weaponized Vulnerability Series, which if you followed me on Medium and stuff for a while, you may have read through it. Uh, it's It needs a lot of work editing-wise, <laughs> but um, it's all out there, and it kind of chronicles different segments of my life um, where various traumatic things have kind of happened. But I was realizing, like, you know, I hadn't talked to a lot of people about this and writing is very therapeutic for me and I, it was kind of a test. It was a test to see how open I could kind of be despite being very nervous to be open and having a lot of anxiety about it but like this is just what came pouring out of me and I was going to test it. You know, I was going to test the theory like I'm going to put all of this shit out there and see who sticks around because I know I knew that it would make a lot of people kind of fall away. You know, and make kind of people being like, okay, you're talking too much about your feelings and the things that have happened to you. And, you know, I, I lost friendships over some of the things that people trying to say that like, oh, I'm 
acting like too much of a victim or this or that or the other when the whole point of the series was to show how I survived it and how I'm proud that I survived these things and other people can do it too. So the goal of the series was to share a lot of traumatic things that had happened, but also kind of give people an example of how you can go through those things and still survive afterwards. I wouldn't say thrive, <laughs> but, you know, survive. And yeah, and I, I think some people really appreciated the series. Uh, some of my, you know, close friends really liked it. And, you know, a few other people got value out of it too. And I wanted to turn it into a more of a longer memoir and I would be adding chapters and stuff like that. And I'd worked a lot on this, including a bunch of stuff that I've written. It's not out there anywhere. It was just... It's in other documents and stuff that, uh, you know, I haven't really put out into the world because there's just a lot of things that have happened that, you know, are very difficult to talk about. And when you put that stuff out into the world, you do have to expect that people who are predators are going to prey on you because you've been brave enough to show that vulnerability. And I knew that going into the project, that was kind of like part of the premise, too. It's like, you know, you know people are going to hurt you. I'm going to put everything out in the open and say, fuck it anyway. I know they're going to do it. Like, come at me. Like, you know, whatever. Um, and, of course, you know, the problem when you do stuff like that is really shitty people will really read all of your stuff and then, like, quote yourself to you or, like, do different things to try to, like, build a false sense of intimacy. It's really deeply unsettling. Um, especially if someone is, especially if someone is pilfering stories from your life and using them as kind of their own stories. That's like the creepiest version of, you know, I guess the worst case scenario of what could happen with this kind of material. And well, that's exactly what happened. And thankfully, I had done enough by this by the time this all happened to be able to cope with it in I think certain productive ways and um and also you know while the fallout was definitely hurtful I didn't feel hurt as much as I just felt anger actually anger is a very motivating force for me I tend to actually be pretty productive when I'm angry I don't tend to uh take it out on people close to me or things like that like I found ways to manage in really healthy ways so I but it still happened and it's still something I'm allowed to be pissed off about and so this person did that thing they they looked through the series clearly and tried to pick different things that they knew would appeal to my sense of empathy and you know commiseration with someone else so this person uh, came into my life, uh, not in a romantic context at all, just as a friend of a friend kind of thing. And it was one of those, like, you ever meet someone and they're saying all of the right things, but you're not getting that kind of, it can only be described as vibes, really. Like, you're not getting the full vibe of like what they're putting down like they you 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 should like this person more you should want to hang out with them more because they're saying all of the right things you know that you you want to agree with 
but like something and you can't quite put your finger on it just something kind of seems off as one of those situations so this person targeted a group of friends and all that i that i was you know also um like acquaintances with and basically spent a couple years really like looking through all of our information individually and trying to say all the right things to make us trust him and when i say this guy brought out like the worst in me i really mean it like i and I, i i hate stuff like this like you know people who know me know that like i'm not like a gatekeeping kind of asshole who's you know trying to say that like people can't be in my queer club because they're not queer enough or they're not this enough or whatever like i don't like those kinds of things i'm very much like if you say you're something you are something i'm not going to question it but like one of the first red flags that I saw with this person was they had promoted themselves as a queer, anarchist, anti-cop kind of person. And, um, you know, all of those things do somewhat resonate with me and some of my other friends that he was trying to get to know. And I finally met him in person and like that shittiest impulse in mine, like, the, and I, again, I'm not like, I don't claim to be the most moral, perfect you know pc person ever um i immediately got this instinct that he was a straight guy infiltrating and that's shitty that speaks to like the worst tendencies of people right like that's like very much a kind of right-wingy talking point that they try to paint all male feminists as you know they're they're like this i've heard this constantly throughout my life that like Oh, men are only uh, outwardly saying they're feminists to get laid or to infiltrate queer spaces and all of this stuff and try to gain sympathy and they're actually predatory. And I've all I've always hated that and I've rejected it and uh, I'm like in the rare cases that it happens, it's shitty, but ultimately, you know, it doesn't really happen enough to be that concerned about and i'm not going to gatekeep and i'm not going to make people prove anything or things like that because it's stupid to me you know especially when it comes to sexuality stuff you know it's like people can say they are whatever they say they are but like things were just off like things again it was like when you hear someone who's technically good at playing an instrument but they have no soul to it you know like they're hitting all the right notes but there's just no soul behind it it was like that and I, I i pushed that out of my head i was like that's shitty mk like you're just being a fucking bitch like you know so I, I didn't think anything of it and i was just like just be nice you know just be nice this person you know uh he shared a lot of his personal um you know traumas with me in an attempt to uh trauma bond to me which i again was also very suspicious but also i didn't completely shut him down because again i am one of those bitches who's like yeah like i want men to be sharing their you know feelings and the things they've gone through i'd much rather them be talking about those things than uh taking them out on other people in violent ways because that tends to be what happens when you don't talk about these things or you don't try to seek help for them but his stories started to sound more and more familiar to all of us and 
he got into he moved uh across the country to live uh out in california and he had gotten really close with a couple of my other friends uh to the point where he was able to move in with uh an acquaintance of mine and very quickly the mask started to kind of slip uh he he eventually started acting extremely erratically he started not paying rent um and he started behaving in ways that were extremely counter to all of the kinds of nicer philosophical things that he claimed he believed in and then he also started kind of doing divisive bullshit and telling us different things about each other that were not true and after the situation got extremely stressful for his roommate um they finally came to us and we you know started putting together all these inconsistencies in the things that he had told us and in his stories and we realized what we were dealing with was a pathological liar someone who was was getting increasingly erratic and also and this is something that's like you know you ha- you deal with these people from time to time but none of us he, the reason he kind of slipped under the radar for so long is because he's a predator in a very different way than I've kind of experienced other predators he did this whole um predation by being pathetic kind of thing so everyone kind of felt bad for him and uh you know he's kind of a socially awkward guy so um we all welcomed him we actually gave him a really fucking sweet welcome uh here and you know uh, took him took him out places introduced him to other friends trying to you know help him feel like he belonged i mean the odds that you'll get like a group of really awesome queer people and like who will accept you and be friends with you and i mean it's it's a great feeling like especially when you're moving to a new place you know i haven't always had those support structures when i've moved to a new place on my own so like we welcomed him into the fold and like made him feel very accepted and uh you know gave him a lot of opportunities um and you know and yeah i mean i kind of felt bad for him you know he had seemed to have had a hard life and i certainly understand that and so i was very sympathetic to the things he was saying and uh it turns out a lot of them were just lies just flat out lies we found out we started connecting dots he had been ripping off stories from like comedians and stuff um and like peppering these details into his personal life uh something that was incredibly offensive to me was when uh and I'm, I'm fairly certain this is a lie um he tried to claim that another family member of his had attempted suicide uh sometime last year or the year before um you know not long after uh my brother had passed away and people who've been listening to the podcast know that like i talked about that i did a podcast episode on it i've written about it it was one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever had. It was horrifying. I do not wish for anyone to go through it and that someone would have the fucking audacity to use that as a way to try to manipulate me is so deeply offensive to who I am that like I cannot be okay with it. I cannot be in a position where I'm ever going to be okay with it. And as much as I would like to be, you know, a more open and forgiving person and all of that, I don't have to be and I'm not going to be because that's also my right. 
because what this person did following that like okay as if that wasn't bad enough right like targeting someone who's experienced you know the death of a sibling and you know manipulating a situation in such a way is is bad on its own like that one single solitary thing was totally enough to justify breaking off all contact with this person right if only he had done that one thing which would have been shitty but like i could cope with that because i mean honestly i've been through some crazy shit so i mean it wouldn't it wasn't going to surprise me that someone was going to take advantage of the uh information that i've put out into the world i never and doesn't shock me anymore i'm again i'm a little bit numb to it i expect that assholes are going to pop up and try to take advantage of me but what i can't stand even more is when they do it to my friends and when they do it to other people who, uh, you know, are fucking awesome. And that's exactly what he was doing. He was spinning this web of lies and deception and telling us all different things, trying to keep us divided. And we eventually put it all together. We found out that not only was he probably lying about that, he was, and we all had to realize this and have like a very, you know, this was real shitty. We all kind of came to the conclusion that he was faking his queerness, uh, which is very, very deeply offensive to anyone who's had to suffer violence from being a queer person. You know, yeah, it, it's so insulting. If you get to just kind of skate through life as a straight, cis, white male and then try to, like, claim queer identity in order to get in with other queer people specifically femme uh, queer people, it is fucked up. And fuck people who do that. And again, they don't deserve any forgiveness from me or anyone else. Um, other people get to choose their own forgiveness. I'm not going to like have that whole like debate because it's stupid, frankly. Um, but yeah, like this person we found out had stolen all of the money from the nonprofit he was working for which is shitty and he, apparently he didn't even steal enough to pay his fucking rent and um he would make these kind of veiled uh not even veiled just outright references to his enthusiasm about guns which i've talked a bit about my stance on that before um i'm very much pro um gun rights for marginalized people but guns are not going to solve the problem of violence against marginalized communities and i have a whole piece i've written about it i'll link to it in the notes called guns won't solve violence and neither will banning them which people like to freak out about the uh, main title without reading the subtitle because i don't know that's what people do so uh but i have a i have some complex views you know, on that whole issue, again, like, people can have their guns. I'm not saying, like, you know, queer people especially shouldn't have guns or anything like that. Um, it's more of a personal stance after having been a gun owner for a long time, a gun carrier, and, um, you know, being experienced uh, to a degree. I mean, I'm not an expert, but, like, I'm experienced with handling firearms, um, and, I'm familiar with security, stuff like that. And I hate having to 
feel or I hate feeling like I have to carry to protect myself. I hate feeling like that's the only option available to me to avoid violence in my life. It, the whole concept of it is shitty, right? Um, but yeah, I'm not getting into a whole debate like, yeah, that's the world we live in. It's shitty. It's violent. People are going to try to kill you because of the way you look or because of the way you code or, you know, whatever people perceive you to be that violates their delicate sensibilities of whatever, you know, probably because they have, you know, shit they need to work out. So instead of, like, working out his own shit, he decided to terrorize a group of queer people, uh, generally, like, you know, more femme-presenting queer people. Um, and instead of just accepting that he fucked up and that he jeopardized all of his friendships with these people and also that he needed to get the fuck out because he wasn't paying rent, he decided to make threats on our life, on our lives, which is incredibly fucked up. And this is kind of the uh, broader way of how this went down. He was confronted about his not paying rent for the third time in a month because like he'd already been told to leave at this point through email and you know his roommate was so terrified to live with him because he'd increasingly again increasingly getting erratic doing really weird loud scary things to try to intimidate her and other people and there were other people who even came into town to visit who had you know thought that he was a certain way because of the online persona he presented and were horrified by the way he treated them and uh and this was also another person who uh, another queer person who came into the picture and it was his instinct too that uh this person was not actually queer and we had to have this very you know uncomfortable conversation about like oh you had that feeling too yeah it's shitty isn't it it's it's real shitty to like have that kind of instinct about someone but it was correct and that's even shittier doesn't make you feel good even if you're right in fact <laughs> having the gift of foresight um into certain situations and then being right once those things come to fruition after trying to warn someone and them not taking your advice it never feels good i you know and uh you know i've had to be i've had to have a sensitive gauge on things uh, because of the weirdness involved in my life has made me very perceptive to certain things and able to kind of see how things will kind of play out because uh, when it comes to like people who are very predatory they do kind of go by the same rule book and uh, yeah it really doesn't feel good to be right you know there's that uh, anyway this uh, this situation was disintegrating and we wanted to be there to support our friend who was who couldn't even live in the same house anymore because she was so worried about like what would happen because when you find out someone's lied about one thing and then you uncover their entire web of lies you realize you don't even know who this person is and that's terrifying you know it's like oh my god like who am I living with like who am I actually spending my time with it's deeply unsettling and then you have to wonder if he's lying about all this, if he's going to all these lengths, what other lengths is he going to go to to harm people? You know, because he doesn't seem to have any qualms about excessively lying to people and embezzling money 
and uh, making kind of veiled violent references. So like, what is he actually capable of? And that's a question you don't really have an answer to until it's too late sometimes. Especially if you follow the news about all these like mass shooters and shit like that. I mean, we kind of came to the conclusion that he basically was like an incel mass shooter type as a profile once we pieced everything together um who had who had used his ability to bullshit basically and and uh extreme stalking uh abilities to try to make himself more amenable to uh a group of people that he thought he could take advantage of but we figured him out and we were like you gotta go and so the day that like his roommate confronts him in person after being told to leave several times and they're like hey you gotta go we uh know about the embezzling you know we know you stole all the money we know you're not paying your rent we know you're bullshitting us about like he was like photoshopping fake rent things and stuff like trying to claim that like he was you know his his cash app accounts and stuff were being shut down but he'd actually paid his rent when like clearly he didn't he was just lying and trying to bide his time and he has an entire like weird creepy meltdown when he was confronted with this evidence and uh he's like crying and freaking out and then he starts like laughing maniacally which is never a good sign it's never like something you really want to fucking deal with and then he like just kind of gets up and leaves and he's like well i gotta go to work which magically he has a job after not having one for months or well having one that he was pretending to have but actually was just ripping off the company so so he leaves and uh his roommate calls me uh and another friend and is like hey so uh he just had a whole weird meltdown um you know this is bullshit i'm sick of living like this i'm sick of living in fear you know whatever like can you guys like come over for for support to help to help them feel safe because the situation was had gotten really creepy so they basically gave him an ultimatum that was like that is a very reasonable ultimatum by the way like anyone who's been in this uh situation where your roommate's not paying rent for a long period of time can understand this like if you're not paying rent you gotta go that them's the rules you know uh (laughs) or them's the breaks you know like it's uh, i don't care what the rules are like it's fucking you gotta go Uh, it's a it's a perfectly reasonable thing to expect it's perfectly reasonable there's nothing controversial about saying hey we've been asking you to leave you're not paying the rent we found your embezzling money, so what else are you going to be stealing or what other kind of havoc are you going to be wreaking on our lives? Um, if you don't get out by this time, we're throwing your shit out to the curb. Very, you know, standard approach to having to evict a some- someone who's become unstable and potentially violent. So they send him this message like, hey, get out or, you know, we're going to throw your shit out on the curb. You know, I've I've had to this is not this is not my first rodeo with this situation either. So the time passes and we're all waiting around for him to get back because it's like, you know, <laughs> how's he gonna deal with this? Like he's pretty much out of options right now. He's gotta like I hope he's getting a moving truck so he can come get his shit. You know, time's up. 
motherfucker, you gotta go. That is not what happened. Um, instead, we hear a loud knock on the door uh, past the time that he was supposed to be back, and LAPD showed up. And they're all about his rights, um, which, you know, yeah, tenants have rights. In fact, I am glad that tenants have such rights in um, the state that I'm currently in. Um, but this guy calls the cops on queer people that he knows well enough to know have trauma from dealing with the police and that he intentionally knows that you know we don't handle disputes in that manner that's an uncivilized way to handle a dispute with someone to call the cops on them you um (laughs) you have a conversation you have a couple conversations and when things don't work out your way you gotta go like this is no one like none of us were like you know, uh, threatening him in any kind of way. Uh, If anything, we were all very unnerved by the situation and we're just like, can you just go already? Like, you know, we have no power to actually do anything to you and we weren't going to, like, because we're all peaceful people. And this is someone, by the way, who had a Twitter full of kill the cops, cops should die. I actually took him to his first stand-up open mic because I do stand up occasionally at this little place and uh you know not too far away and you know in order to because he really liked comedy and he kind of had similar tastes to me well of course he did because he was stalking us um so I wanted to be supportive of his enthusiasm in comedy because I am a nice fucking person actually even though a lot of people tend to think I'm a bitch but that's fine um I'm actually a nice person <laughs> unless you push me um but yeah so you know i take him to the thing i do my stand-up thing he does his stand-up thing his and again like no one's first attempt at stand-up is going to be good but it wasn't stand-up as much as it was like listening to like the next mass shooters manifesto about like killing cops like that's all it was to the point where the mc pointed it out and was like really fun i mean he was joking about it but like he he made a comment and was like wow this guy looks like a serial killer and like it, it added context for me like i had to like step out of the situation and be like oh wait wow this motherfucker does look like a serial killer not a serial killer but more of like a mass shooter type um and i was just like oh wow that's an interesting observation that a stranger picked up on that when i clearly was you know i was trying to be again a nice person and not judge someone based on their appearance and not be like an asshole because ultimately like you know you can't judge a book by its cover and all that shit and uh but no his set was very like it made everyone unsettled and it was literally like he started it off with like isn't it funny when cops die um which like dude yeah i'm all about like you know abolish policing and abolish prisons and stuff like that but like he was taking it in such a way that like honestly like if you were (laughs) a government infiltrator or something like he like they would be acting exactly like this guy was acting like trying to incite violence like that was like all of his tweets which we screen capped because we're not idiots uh before he deleted all of them because then he locked down his account after he called the cops on us um so mr 
I hate the cops, fuck the pigs, I have a little pig mask that I'm going to wear everywhere and blah, 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 and like, fuck this, fuck that, like, I'm so hardcore, I'm such an anarchist. First thing he does, first sign of difficulty, calls the cops, which I take extremely seriously. If you call the cops on someone, you need to be prepared for the aftermaths of an attempted murder because you don't know how the cops will react and we don't know what he told them, you know? We don't, like, we didn't know if LAPD was going to kick the door down with guns drawn because he lied to them. And being the privileged white man that he was, of course the cops were going to side with him over a group of, frankly, angry-looking lesbians. Um, (laughs) And we were angry because we just found out this motherfucker was lying to us and stealing from us and uh, being a little fucking psycho. Um, So LAPD shows up and, uh, you know, we're all on edge because we don't we actually don't like the cops and we have we don't call the cops on people to resolve problems. I'm it's so anathema to me to fucking do that. It's so fucked up because you don't know what kind of cops you're going to get. You might get okay cops who aren't going to be violent, but you might get ones who are looking for a fight. And these guys were ones who believed we were all hysterical and which we weren't being hysterical. We were talking to them basically as I'm talking to you now. We were like, hey, we found out this guy was stealing all this money. He's not paying his rent. He's talks about guns a lot. He talks about violence against, you know, people, uh, specifically cops. You know, we're all kind of a little bit nervous in this situation. And, you know, some of my other friends were like, no, I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid he's going to harm people. I'm afraid he's going to do something to me and retaliate, which is a reasonable fear. If you don't have a job, you're about to get fired from the job you're stealing from and you don't have a place to live anymore. Those are all reasonable expectations to have that a person that desperate will inflict violence on you. And yeah. It's terrifying, especially if you haven't gone through this situation before and like again, this isn't like this isn't a point of pride that like this kind of weird shit has happened to me you know, more than a few times to where I'm just kind of like, this is probably what they're going to do next. And like, I kind of have a, I go into like a weird, almost like clinical mindset as like a, it's like a defense mechanism really at this point, uh, so that I can think clearly through it. I go into this like mode where I'm like, okay, this is what they're likely to do based on their behavior. This is the profile that they kind of fit. And it's very much like an investigative, like mindset, I guess, that's like, weird and clinical and like (laughs) I don't know it's not great but like other people were like legitimately afraid and terrified and like that is the you know proper response to someone who you just found out all the stuff about and then they call the cops on you so LAPD shows up and they're assholes of course and (laughs) you know we basically tell them like we think this guy's a ticking time bomb. You know, he's behaving very erratically. It's only getting worse. And uh, he talks about having weapons a lot, constantly. He's a big gun enthusiast. His banner for his Twitter page uh, was him holding an AR-15, which, you know, (laughs) I don't know if you guys have been following the news, um, but... And again, I've had AR-15s before. That's not necessarily a sign that, like, someone's a criminal, um you know i ended up selling them uh after my divorce because honestly real talk 
having had an AR-15, no one really fucking needs one. You know, especially if you're living in like a metropolitan city or something in close quarters, it's kind of a stupid ass weapon to have. I mean, they're fun to shoot, you know, but like, what are you really going to be doing? Like, are you going to be like single handedly, you know, leading the revolution with it? Nah, bro. Like, it's one of those, I don't know, it's, there are a lot of other more interesting guns out there. Anyway, I'm not going to get into a whole weird gun thing. People can have them if they want, you know, arm the queers. I'm all about it. But yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a flashy, like, you know, look at me kind of gun. Uh, and, you know, he was very proud that he had that as his banner pick. And he uh, had also constantly talked about guns and like, you know, shit like that. So, uh, I mean, again, I don't we didn't know because we were like, we're not going. We don't know how much of this guy is bullshitting versus how much. He's not at this point. We don't know what he's lying about. Because when you found out someone's lied about everything, you have to assume that, well, they're lying about other things. <laughs> so we're just kind of, we don't know. Um, we just kind of give that, you know, they're trying to talk to us, basically saying we have nothing to worry about because the guy doesn't seem that harmful. Well, we had to tell him, like, that's exactly how he infiltrated our group was because he was kind of a sad, sh sad sack shit who everyone felt sorry for. And he used his pitiable nature to make sure everyone's guards were down. This isn't someone who came off as someone super predatory. You know, like, this isn't this was someone you just kind of, oh, you know, he just needs a hand, just needs a leg up, you know. Uh, you know, somewhat sympathetic, you know, a little annoying to be around. I mean, in retrospect, I had to realize, like, you know, the times we would spend together were just kind of like, he wasn't saying anything that I found interesting. So I, I missed a lot of red flags because he was kind of so boring to listen to that I just tuned out. And now I have to, like, recontextualize that and be like, oh, I need to be a little more mindful of my interactions with people if I start tuning out because they're just kind of repeating the talking points of me and my friends back to me like a parrot um that probably means they don't have any real thoughts or principles of their own and this is someone with a complete lack of values this is someone who stole other people's value systems in order to manipulate them but he has no kind of value systems of his own and you knew that immediately when he called the cops after being you know all you know kill the police bullshit which like that's like rhetoric I think is like fucking dumb you know like I don't know like I will joke about cop stuff and stuff but like it's so cringy and like 14 year old boy kind of humor um it's not even humor it's like 14 year old boy edginess Ugh. anyway LAPD because so we're trying to tell LAPD that like you know we're kind of scared of this guy we're a little nervous and we don't trust him to not be violent towards us, basically, because he talks a lot about violence and he talks a lot about weapons and he lies about everything. So, like, if you just look at the very simple equation of that, it means that he probably could do something super violent and that he really, really hates women. Like, he hated us. That's why he targeted all of us and not and women and non-men, you know. Um, but, you know, somewhat femme-presenting people. Like, he played this whole, like, oh, I'm such a good feminist bullshit, when really his hatred of women was so deep 
and so intense that uh once you know it kind of dawned on all of us like yeah we were like holy shit like this person could go off at any moment he's got nothing to lose he might have access to weapons he certainly talks about it enough and you know he hates us and wants us dead so what do you do with that um and we know that the cops aren't going to help but there were other people in this house too who had not had these kinds of experiences with the police that had been more uh like their their uh, interactions with the police had been much more pleasant and much more positive and so they did have that belief that the cops are there to help people and protect and serve and all of that and so they were completely floored when uh LAPD told us well you guys should just deal with it on your own and we were like what do you mean by that LAPD told us to get knives just get just get a bunch of knives to deal with it that's what I tell my daughter and grandmother is what the cops said get knives (laughs) like the on the record LAPD would rather deal with the aftermath of a knife fight between people than just like stand by while some dipshit moves his bullshit out that's literally what they said. I'm not even making this up. Um, it's so, like, ridiculous. <laughs> and they did, They were like, oh, well, you can do, like, a civil standby where you can call the cops and have them. Like, he agreed to leave the next day at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning to start moving his shit out. And he's like, you can call the cops then and set up a civil standby so that, like, they can hang out and, you know, monitor the situation if you think it's going to be violent. And, uh... Our group was kind of divided on that because um, I was of the opinion that, uh, yeah, I mean, you can do that. But again, you're like cops are useless at best and dangerous at worst. And I really I don't like being around them. I fear for my safety when in the presence of them. I've not had very positive experiences and I don't want to subject people to that kind of violence, especially if I can just, you know, deal with the situation myself you know, in especially like holding non-lethal, you know, ways of dealing with it, you know, but because they're just going to like show up and leave after five minutes. So which is basically what happened um, the next day. <laughs> and then this motherfucker takes forever to move out. And that part was actually kind of like, it was kind of funny to watch. Like it was very much like kind of like slapstick like shit, but it was also somewhat scary because there were portions of the time where like you know we we felt very exposed and there were very like few of us there watching him and making sure he didn't do anything and we didn't know because he's he's moving out and we like we don't know what his shit is so like we were worried at any point that he could harm us with whatever weapons he might have had which he carried a baton around all the time which what kind of lunatic fucking does that shit um you know like who brags about it like he had bragged about it and like had taken it out and like brandished it at people and stuff um it wasn't just like oh i need it for protection which he didn't because like (sighs) he probably didn't have a high chance of being attacked but he he had already brandished a baton at his roommate and uh you know talked about carrying a knife on him at all times and talked a lot about guns so like there's various weapons here that like he's bragging about having access to and can't wait to use on people um because he was slightly prone to violence. And uh, this whole situation is so 
crazy and everyone's so on edge and he kept trying to intimidate me the whole time you know because i showed up to like defend my fucking friend uh in case because the cop showed up for literally like not even five minutes and it's so and by the way if you want to know how much the cops really hate women this story like fucking proves it they showed up when he called them on us immediately taking his side and saying to you know several different people that we're less credible than he is there's several different people saying the same story about how crazy this motherfucker is and they're still like y'all are hysterical and the guy who looks like the next incel mass shooter is more credible because again that's how much they hate women especially queer women who it's like a double whammy they fucking don't care. They were laughing in our faces, basically. And the ones that show up the next day that were called by other people um, also took his side. <laughs> like, also, like, they saw who called, who were like, hey, we want a civil standby. And were like, oh, this guy's not a threat. He's not harmful. Blah, blah, blah. You guys are hysterical again. So, again, it doesn't matter. And this is why I don't call the cops. This is why I don't want anything to do with them. I can find several other ways of helping people out. In fact, I have. I've helped people out across the country get out of bad, shitty situations by making a few phone calls instead of having them call the cops. Because you can't necessarily call the cops on your abusive boyfriend if he is a cop or if he is involved in those kinds of service industries. Because guess whose side they're going to take? So... So don't fucking tell me, like, I got to call the cops to deal with the situation. Like, I've dealt with many a situation without ever having to call them that were very dangerous and very tenuous and very, like, uncertain what the outcome would be. And this was certainly one of those. And so he takes all day moving out. And the whole time he is trying to lock eye contact with, eye contact with me and shoot me daggers. And he wanted me dead. Like, this, I had to look into his beady little fucking eyes and uh, he hates me. And he wanted us dead. And he couldn't do anything about it because I was ready to fucking deal with him with my means, my limited means, um, you know, if he ever got close to us at all. But uh, I was ready. I showed up ready to defend people. And I hate having to even be in that mindset because you have to turn off certain things for protection. So... Um, and then, like, afterwards, he sends us this threatening email. It's, like, not enough, right? Like, it's not enough to admit defeat and say, I fucked up. I didn't pay my rent. You know, I lied about a bunch of stuff. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I stressed you guys out. I'm going to leave your lives. I'm going to leave you alone. It's not enough to do that, right? He has to send us a threatening email. Again, talking about his weapons, and making us know that he has weapons and he will use them, you know, and making these really outrageous accusations and stuff against us. And we ignored it because this is the ramblings of a crazy person. You don't you don't like try to debate with a crazy person if they show up like screaming. Like if someone shows up screaming in your face about how the earth is flat, you don't have there's no reasonable discussion to be had with that person. You know, they're mentally unstable and um you just want to get as much distance from them as possible but then he starts going to some of our friends and spreading a bunch of misinformation about us and coming up again with 
outrageous stories to the, where they're like calling us up and being like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Like, this doesn't sound like you guys at all. And it's like, yeah, because it's not because he's literally a pathological liar. And then we'd have to tell the whole story to them and be like, hey, yeah, this is what the guy did to us. Like, this is all the crazy shit he did. And uh, it sounds unbelievable when when you like really dissect it and take it all out. It's like, who would do this? Like, who would take the time to do all this crazy shit? But it was effective enough to where like people just distance themselves from me and some other people who were involved in this situation because they, I guess, were like legitimately couldn't pick a side. And that to me, uh, like, it shouldn't surprise me, right? Because... I know that there are some people who are still probably acquaintances that are just waiting for any opportunity to like, you know, cut me out or something because they have their own weird biases or whatever problems. Um, so, you know, I just had to like cut my losses and say, well, you know, I don't know how, but this is how cunning this guy was. People I had known for years wouldn't even talk to me about it. Like wouldn't like if you hear something outrageous like some of the claims he was making i'm not even going to go into them because why, why would i even dignify that with like <laughs> they were so outrageous like if someone comes to me and like tells me that someone told them like this kind of outrageous lie i would be contacting them and being like do you like what is the deal you know like what's the deal and there are a few people who did who were like this doesn't sound like you guys at all like what's going on and those people are still cool. Um, but there are some people who just automatically took his side. And, like, here's a guy who, like, <laughs> is such an obvious liar once you really realize he's lying about everything. And then, like, you can go back and see how he deleted all of his tweets from these incriminating periods, right? Like, I don't have anything to hide. I did protect my Twitter for a while because I was totally freaked out by the whole thing. But I, I unprotected my Twitter because, again, you can go back through all my tweets around the same period. I have nothing to hide because I'm not a fucking psycho, liar, violent piece of shit who tries to target queer people and, like, ruin their lives for what reason? You know, but that's the thing. You can't, like, agonize about the reasons people have for doing these things. Maybe... The reason is, they're just pieces of shit. And the sooner you can get them out of your life, the better. So, but this this unfolded over several weeks last year. And it, you know, it destroyed friendships. It caused a bunch of weird suspicions where there shouldn't be any. It uh, completely disrupted a lot of our lives in very bizarre ways, in ways that we couldn't even predict and you realize how alone you are in these situations when you say this person just called the police on us and people who who should be who should be like total anti-police brutality anti you know militarization of the police people who have been using the same kind of rhetoric that even he was using um, still are like, oh, but maybe you're the hysterical ones. Like, these people still took the side of him and the cops. Or they were, like, so spineless that they didn't even want to fucking get involved, even though, like, hey, they got ripped off too. You know? Like, it was, it's, it just makes you realize how much you're hated 
for just being you. And it's not a good feeling. You know, how it's so easy to cast doubt on someone if they're radical in the ways that we're radical. It's so easy to paint them as hysterical and uh, crazy and, you know, all of these things people like to use to describe people who don't take shit from people, really, but also are not men. So um, it was really, it was pretty demoralizing, you know, and it was very, uh, you know, once the kind of dust sort of settled and it took a long time because, again, this guy's making some very, very dangerous accusations, too, that could cause, like, more violence to be visited upon us by cops and potentially other people. Like, the the shit he was saying was so out of bounds and so threatening to our safety. You know, like, as if calling the cops, which I consider a threat of violence, I mean, it's on par with, like, attempted murder as far as I'm concerned, if that's the way you want to handle a having an uncomfortable discussion with people which that was what it was for like let's not let's not make this anything other than what it actually is which is this motherfucker was so scared to have an uncomfortable conversation that he called the cops on people what a little fucking spineless coward (sighs) but yeah like i had to like just try to get through this and like now i'm having more anger resurfacing because i'm just thinking like this person put us in so much danger And then, like, so few people helped when we told them what was wrong. So few people reached out to find out what the hell was going on. And so few people, when we did tell them what was going on, like, even, you know, offered takes. Again, people who've known us for years and know, like, how principled we are and know, like, you know, who we actually are. This motherfucker popped up into people's lives a very short time ago like in the last like two years or so and somehow ingratiated himself to other people around you know other acquaintances and stuff like that and was still manipulative enough to get them to just believe his outrageous accusations without even consulting us so the only justice you get is the justice that you take for yourself. And, you know, I'm not going to play this game of, oh, let's keep calling the cops on people. I don't want to, like, I'm not here to, you know, wage some kind of weird war on this person. Like, I just wanted them out of our lives. We all did. But he kept escalating. He kept, like, doing these things and then still trying to ruin relationships and stuff after he had been kicked out. Because, like, he couldn't just let it go. He's that kind of obsessive asshole of a person. And it made me close up more. It made me not want to share as much of my personal life. It made me not want to publish this memoir that I had been working on for a very long time and that I had gotten edited and, like, you know, streamlined a lot more and all of that. And uh, I hate that. Um, And also, I might put it out at some point. But, like, I'm going to, you know, I've held back on, you know, talking about this for a very long time because it was one of those, you know, uh, shitty things that you go through when you try to be open about things. And uh, it's also a shitty thing that will, like, happen to you that 
I'm like so tired of it happening, you know? I'm just like, who's going to be the asshole this year that tries to ruin my life or make threats against me or whatever? Um, God, it's like fucking tedious. I'm like tired at this point. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't like, I just want to, you know, chill and fucking not have these things happen, you know? And I, uh, you know, against my kind of better judgment, I you know, let this, I didn't get, let this person get that close because to be honest, they were a little annoying to me. So I didn't want to hang out with them that much. I should have listened to that, you know, even minor things like that. Like, does this person like annoy me in a very vague, unspecific way? Sometimes you just got to listen to that. You know, if something seems inauthentic, sometimes you just got to listen to it. And maybe you don't have a very specific thing you can point to. It's just a vibe. It's just a, a gut feeling. You got to trust your gut feelings. And thankfully, I think all of our gut feelings kicked in before he could do even more damage because this happened in the span. He, he deteriorated in the span of about like three months, uh, which is relatively short, but still has long lasting effects for the people involved. My friend couldn't stay in their house afterwards, even after he left, because they were afraid he would retaliate because that was a realistic fear based on all the shit that he was saying and doing in the aftermath. And it was incredibly stressful and traumatizing to people involved. And I'm going to go into the next point I want to make. And again, I know this is called like the Sunday Fun Day podcast. <laughs> I don't know how fun it's been. I don't know. It's been a whole story of like chaos and weirdness. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I want to make the point about forgiveness being that you never have to forgive anyone. You don't. There's power in saying, I forgive you. There's power in saying, oh, you know, I look at all the things that you put me through and I'm going to give you forgiveness. There's even more power in saying, I don't forgive you and I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel bad about the anger I feel. I have no guilt. I have no shame. I have no remorse for any of the things that I've said privately or publicly about this evil motherfucker because I truly believe he lacks a moral compass in such a way that, like, I don't have to do this whole open-minded, empathetic, like, oh, maybe he's just troubled. Yeah, you know, we're all troubled, but not all of us call the fucking cops on people, and not all of us make threats of violence against people, and not all of us go after we've, you know, fucked up in a massive way and fucked up other people's lives, continue the campaign of terrorism against people. Yeah, no, it's all a choice. You choose to keep doing terrible things, or you choose to get your shit right make amends and move forward and instead he chose to terrorize us to the point where we had to file a restraining order which again i don't like to get the state involved in anything but when his roommate was like no i'm filing a restraining order i was like yeah no i support you because the thing is it's not enough and it clearly wasn't enough that we had this whole history of conversations we had with him, all of this evidence of him being violent and saying crazy things and trying to attack us, all printed out, all like we had fucking binders of this shit. Um, or I guess folders of it, whatever. 
it wasn't enough because what matters in the eyes of the system we live under is documented proof on the legal end of it. So we, because he was making these outrageous claims and making threats, uh, yeah, they filed a restraining order, which I totally supported, just to have a record on the state side. Like, you know, when he does become a mass shooter or whatever kind of crazy fucking bullshit he's going to do, um, you know, we have, like, proof that an attempt was made, I guess, not the LAPD, you know, believed us. And again, that whole process, by the way, like watching someone go through, I had never been this, you know, I had never seen up close, like the whole process of restraining orders because I had never been a part of one or I've never filed one. Because uh, again, like even though like in situations where I maybe could have or should have or whatever, I just, I prefer to not do that. But this was very clearly, you know, a cover your ass kind of thing like and but we didn't want to provoke him or be retaliatory so it was you know it was never served anyway and it was just like a whole but that whole ordeal just trying to get the cops to believe you when you say you're afraid of a man is like awful it makes you realize how little the system actually cares about you especially if you're queer and again to go back to the beginning, that this person would fake queerness, would would use all of his privileges to take advantage of everyone in his life that he's been able to, including other employers, too, by the way, we found out. Yeah, we went back because apparently no one's going to do, you know, do due diligence on a someone on someone before they let someone found a company with them. But that's a whole other thing. You know, once we did some digging on his background, we realized, yeah, this is a pattern because it's always a pattern. These people go from one place to another, taking advantage of everyone and then like acting oblivious and like, oh, they're just such a sad sack. Like they fucking, you know, whatever. And I realize I'm taking a risk putting this out there, too. You know, uh, you know, we were walking on eggshells for months, hoping there would be no retaliation and trying our best not to be provocative in any, any kind of way because, um, you know, people's safety was at risk. And I was furious. I wanted to talk about things sooner, but I realized that it was not prudent to do so because, like, other people are involved. And as much as I'm angry about this, I don't want to put them at risk. And uh, it just further solidified that I have made the right choice getting out of this particularly niche political um, ideological segment that this person... Uh, came into because like this is a person that I only met through my associations in this political kind of realm that I'm no longer a part of and no longer want to be associated with and in fact have officially dissociated from like years ago um, because of this exactly kind of antisocial uh, borderline violent um, misogynistic behavior <laughs> um, so like this is you know a, a very uh arm's length like acquaintance kind of person you know from that world that like I had already left before for those exact reasons and all it did was further solidify that I made the right choice to get away from these um antisocial misogynistic men um yeah there is this power in not forgiving violent predators 
In fact, you don't have to forgive to heal. You can heal from the things other people have put you through without giving them forgiveness. That is your power. That is your right as an individual to say, you know what? I have standards. I have boundaries. And if you've crossed past a certain boundary, there's no room for reconciliation. You know, so much of this culture likes to believe in these redemption arcs, you know, which is nice. And occasionally people can be redeemed and it's like this nice, fluffy, beautiful, wonderful thing. But, you know, there are a lot of people who don't need redemption arcs because they've never screwed people over in the first place. You know, like I don't need a redemption arc. There's nothing that I've done to um, harm people intentionally. I haven't, you know, do I talk about injustice all the fucking time? Do I get angry? Do I sometimes say things that are like rude and kind of nasty? Absolutely. Have I ever gone out of my way to prey on someone and ruin their lives and make their lives more difficult? No. I remove myself from emotionally charged situations. Generally, before I say something regrettable. You know, I do my best not to harm people, even those who have tried to fuck me over. You know, I don't I don't go out of my way to, like, attack people, uh, you know, um, or, like, like, doxing and all this weird shit that people get wrapped up in. Um, like, do I think there are, like, truly evil people in the world? Yeah, I do. I think most people are more complicated than that. I think, obviously, you can't just sort people into binary categories of good and evil and all of that. People are really complex. But there are also people who are truly wonderful people who, yeah, they don't need a redemption arc because they haven't done anything that needs to be redeemed, you know? Like, they haven't fucked anyone over intentionally and stuff like that and getting over feeling guilt and shame for things that I shouldn't feel guilt and shame over has been one of the most beneficial things in my life and what came with that for me and this is not for everyone but what came with that for me is that acceptance of I control who I forgive and who I don't and it doesn't hurt me to not forgive now it hurts you if you hold on to bitterness and that's different not forgiving someone is not the same as holding on to bitterness. I think people lose this. Because, like, it sounds like a very bitter, bitchy thing to say. Like, oh, you don't have to forgive anyone. Like, I'm not saying, like, don't forgive anyone and dwell on your bitterness. I'm saying you don't owe that to anyone just because they try to guilt it out of you. You are on your own journey and your own mission, and you do what you have to do to heal from it. And you can heal from it. And, uh, you know, this was another example in my life where someone tried to get very close and they used things they knew would increase that closeness in order to manipulate me, in order to steal my time and my good faith and my empathy and uh, my kind-hearted, you know, nature. And uh, that's extremely shitty feeling. It makes you want to be bitter. It makes you want to close up everything. And I and I will, you know, I I don't try to jump into things, you know, with people, um, even from a friendship level. Like I, I take my friendships very seriously. I would say more serious than any other relationships in my life. Um, I'm currently not 
doing any romantic relationships um for a while i mean i haven't you know since for actually the last year i have intentionally remained single and out of romantic entanglements with people um because that's what i feel like i want to do right now and and i want to focus on other things i want to focus on creating more things and it feels really good to be intentionally single and um so that's not really that's not really much of a problem but like my friendships you know I do like to be friendly and I take my friendships very seriously and I care very deeply about them. And so that someone's trying to exploit my friendship and then like also turn it into a weird sexual thing too. This is a person who I found out later through the roommate that like he was trying to like sexualize me and he was like thinking that like spending time with me and like buying me a $3 drink at a happy hour entitled him to sexual favors. Yeah, it went there. It got that weird, people. And it's like, <laughs> anyone who knows me knows, like, you know, once I once I kind of, like, get warm up to someone, it takes me a while to warm up to people. Like, yeah, no, I kind of, people kind of might think I'm a little icy at first, you know, because I don't trust people easily, and I shouldn't. Obviously, case in point, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, but they know, like, once I do it, like, my friendship is, you know, valuable, and uh, it's definitely worth more than a fucking $3 drink. And then to try to, like, think that, like, a friendship entitles you to sexual favors from me or, like, anything like that, it's just gross and insulting. And, you know, if this person is still stalking me, because that's, you know, this person turned into a creepy fucking stalker, too. If this person is still stalking me and listening to this, like, you know, that's fucking weird. And, uh, but I regret nothing that I've said. Like, he's not a good person. He's not a person that I want to reconcile in any way. And, you know, I only wish for, uh, actually, I don't care what happens to him. Like, I don't, like, <laughs> I'm allowed to have my anger about this situation. And I am allowed to be a little bit bitter about it, too. Like, bitterness, it's not the worst thing ever. And I'm not saying I'm letting myself be consumed by bitterness or anything. That's different. But it's okay to be a little cynical and bitter about things. Yeah, like, when someone exploited the biggest tragedy in your life in order to get close to you so that they could then try to creep on you in a sexual way and then also lied about their fundamental identity because they knew that your you know gender and sexual identity were different like that's some deeply fucked up shit and um you know like yeah how you know <laughs> i think some people might even be like yeah how do you trust anyone after that but i trust in my ability to know um who i should associate with and who i shouldn't and i'm still going to be wrong about it in the future this is going to happen again that's part of being human. I can't control when it's going to happen. I have no control over that. You know, it, it will certainly happen to me again because I am a fearless kind of person who, while I am a little bitter and cynical about things, I don't, I can't wallow in it for too long. I can't close myself off to all friendships and all relationships because I've been hurt before. And thankfully, I've put in the hard work of doing a lot of therapy to get over this. So it can be done. And uh, 
And it's totally okay for me to say, I don't forgive you. You have to live with the horrible thing you did for the rest of your life. And there are very few people who fall into that category for me because I very much, even with friendships that have kind of, you know, disintegrated and stuff, I very much keep my inboxes open to a lot of those people because I don't think they're bad and I don't think they're evil or, or fucked up or anything. I think everyone goes through struggles and sometimes communication breaks down. And I just hope that, you know, if it's healthy for them to reestablish those relationships, I'm okay with it. If it's not, I'm also okay with that. Um, but there are a few people, maybe, I'm trying to think, maybe three, <laughs> four maybe, that fall into this category of if I saw you on the street, I wouldn't do anything. I'm not a violent person. But if I just saw you, I would feel nothing. And if they attempted to contact me for forgiveness, I would deny it to them. Because that's not their right. That's my right. And, uh, you know, there are several people who unintentionally hurt people because they're going th through things in their lives. Those are different than the few predators I've known who intentionally keep fucking up other people's lives because they, one, refuse to address their own issues. And two, they are just shitty people. You know, it's okay to say shitty people exist and that shitty things happen because shitty people exist. You know, there doesn't have to be some greater, broader, metaphysical, it's all connected to their trauma and childhood kind of bullshit. Sometimes they're just shit. Sometimes they were born shit. Sometimes they're not ever going to not be shit. And that's not the most liberal, open-minded take on it. But I don't have the capacity to be the most open-minded person on this topic because of my history with it. And that's also not going to make me the most closed-minded person ever either because I try to have balance with my bullshit. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, that's my right. And I, you know, and that's totally fine. And other people can do that too. You know, like, that's up to them. And I don't know what's best for them. The, the podcast I do is based on, you know, whatever weird preferences I have and phases I'm going through at the moment, and I don't know what's going to work for other people. I do think there's value in saying you don't have to forgive someone to heal. I do think there is value because I think so often, especially, and I, and I think this is specifically a problem in marginalized communities, you're expected to be better than your oppressor. You're expected to take the high road and, you know, oh, don't fucking fight in the gutter with someone. You know, you just need to be above it. It's hard to be above people who are constantly trying to hold you down. Like, you don't have to be above that. Like, you don't have to, like, why can't people be less shitty? How about that? Like, how about they stop oppressing people? And how about saying it's okay to be angry at them? Because they are the ones with the predatory problems. They are the ones who are trying to suppress people's rights. If I react to my autonomy and rights being trampled on by someone else, I'm being defensive. I'm not being offensive. I'm not harming someone with my uh, unwillingness to forgive them. That's not the same, you know? 
just because you say you're sorry doesn't mean you've undid any damage. It doesn't mean you've made amends or reparations or restitution or any of that. I'm sorry after inflicting trauma on someone is only valuable if you've done something to address that trauma, if you've done something to help them materially. And this kind of goes back to the give your money to women thing that I've talked about in the past. It like it doesn't matter. It's just words. Words mean nothing unless they're backed by actions. Are you going to pay for their therapy? Are you going to connect them with counselors? Are you going to give them money to help with living expenses uh, while they recover physically or mentally from the abuse you've given them? If you haven't, then maybe you're not actually sorry. And I don't think that's a radical thing to say. I think there's just a very common sense, like, I don't think people are actually sorry in a lot of these situations because everyone thinks of themselves as the victim. Everyone thinks that they're right and they're the good guy in their own story, including extremely predatory, abusive assholes who continuously ruin the lives of people around them with their own assholeness. You know, like those people, and I've unfortunately known too many of them, um, you know... I don't know if if they're redeemable. That's not a, that's not a nice thing to say. That's very opposite of like <laughs> like the self help the queer eye self help stuff. You know, like I I want there's a part of me that deeply wants to believe that you know everyone's redeemable, but like it's very difficult for me to. And I I think that's okay too. I think like it's okay to accept that there's that part in myself that you know, believes that kind of, you know, shitty, very defensive uh, belief, you know? And I'm not going to apologize for believing that if it protects me from more of them. I am about self-preservation. And that's okay for queer people and other types of people. You don't even have to be queer. But, like, specifically marginalized people who are told that you have to forgive and you have to be the better person, you have to be the bigger person and all of that. I think it's really toxic because those people weren't in the wrong to begin with. Telling them that the responsibility is on them to make the abuse that they suffered at the hands of someone else, like, more manageable for the abusive person is shitty. That's actually abusive, you know, or saying like, oh, you have to talk to your like, you know, bigoted family member because blood is more important than anything else. No, that's a lie. That's something abusive people and enablers to abusive people use to control you. And I'm not someone who's easily controlled. And I hope that other people uh, can have that sense of self-preservation. Because so many of us live in this world where we're under constant attack. And whatever you have to use to preserve your sense of self when you're under that constant attack is fine for you. Like whatever works for you on an individual level. I don't have all the answers. I'm just saying this works for me. You know, it's been helpful in me, I think, uh, avoiding even more dangerous situations. And... I have to find my own kind of arbitrary balance with things. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think I wouldn't say it's a fun message. I should say it's a real message. You don't have to forgive to heal. Your anger is justified. You're allowed to 
hate bad people. You're allowed to hate people who hate you. Now, should you let yourself be consumed by that hatred to where you hate everyone all the time? That's probably unhealthy. I would encourage you to get therapy first if you're if you're dealing with these feelings and you're having a hard time with them not being you know intrusive and kind of clouding everything else in your life but i think it's okay to have a healthy degree of anger about injustice it means you're alive it means you're you're functioning it means you have some kind of value system that you're operating off of yeah i'm gonna be angry if someone tries to manipulate me and my friends and then makes outrageous accusations about us, and then tries to ruin our other friendships with people. I'm allowed to be angry. I don't have to be the bigger person and say, oh, well, he's just really troubled, and it must be so sad for him that he's a fucking incel, and blah, 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 blah. I don't give a shit. He didn't give a shit about me. Like, where, where was the empathy for, uh, you know, people on the other side of the coin? You know, and people do this uh, to people in abusive relationships. You know, when someone tries to leave, they'll say things like, well, why didn't you try hard enough? Because they're not even seeing how hard people were actually trying to begin with. They just automatically assume that if you're leaving a situation that's bad for you, you're just giving up. I was told this constantly after my divorce, by the way. It's like, well, why didn't you try hard enough? It's like, motherfucker, I tried for years. <laughs> I was the one who was trying to find therapy on my own, you know, because he was unwilling to work on the problems. He wouldn't go to counseling. He wouldn't do anything to try to make himself better. Whereas I was constantly self-improving. You know, I was constantly self-improving and I grew out of the relationship because I grew so much in the span of a couple years and I my self-esteem got to a level to where I could no longer allow myself to be in that toxic, abusive situation. And and you realize these things, you know, when, when you've experienced them and you see other people saying, and, and there is this kind of, like, broader social pressure to stay in shitty situations and try harder and, oh, relationships are hard and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They are, but they shouldn't be so destructive to you. And, you know, just because someone calls you up out of the blue who spent a long time, you know, months or maybe even years of their energy trying to make your life miserable and they've put in no work other than a phone call or an email or a text message being like, oh, I need your forgiveness or, you know, no, no. That's, it's not enough. And, uh, you know, it's a simple energy exchange. You know, how much energy did you put in trying to fix something and not being a shitty person? You know, and I hate to have to think of things that way because it's, I mean, it really can't be quantified, but you can kind of look at things in a, hey, you know, I put this amount of effort into a situation. This person put significantly less and now they've, and they've continued to put no effort into it. And now they want me to put even more effort into repairing something that was bad for both of us? No. So, you're allowed to be angry. And uh, anger can be very motivating. And, uh, yeah, you're allowed to find your own balance in whatever way you, you need to. So, your anger is valid. Your lack of wanting to forgive someone is valid. If you don't want to talk to someone in your family because they're a bigot, that's valid. You know, if 
you have standards for someone coming back into your life that they should meet before you have a relationship with them, that's valid. Yeah. So, and we, we constantly hear the opposite messages all of the time. And I generally, they're toxic. I, I think they go far out of the bounds of balance. Because you can have a balance with these things. But... Sometimes it takes taking a more extreme stance in the opposite of what society tells us to do to balance out the constant toxicity of the th kinds of things society tells us we should be doing, you know? So having that kind of more radical position of saying, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't have to do this. Yeah, you're going to deal with assholes being like, well, you're the asshole. Like, you're going to look like an asshole to people. Who don't have any boundaries and who don't have any standards because they want you to have as few standards and boundaries as them and i say fuck that so yeah i'm all salty on this one um <laughs> but i'm gonna be having my sundays vaccine and i'll end it on a positive note because i have a lot of really positive things coming out i'll be getting the poetry chat book out soon um i'm really excited with it uh it's you know, it is some very personal stuff. Poetry is some of the most personal kind of writing you can do. I'm also doing other forms of writing, too. I've gotten more into, like, TV writing and stuff, and that's been really fun. It's really stretched my abilities um, when it comes to writing. And I'm, you know, I just love that I'm learning so much. I don't know where it's all going to lead, and I don't try to have expectations about that stuff anyway. Um, I'm just happy that, like... I get to learn something new and be in a cool environment that like I've always wanted to live in and is really, really healthy for my men mental health and mental awareness. And, um, you know, I, I have great people in my life, especially after getting rid of this motherfucker. And then the people who ended up, you know, <laughs> I can't, I, it's not, I'm not going to say I, I, when, you know, when a situation gets so weird and like uncomfortable like that, you really realize who your friends are you really realize who you can trust so even though it was a very dangerous situation I feel like I've come out of it on the other side with stronger friendships and a more discerning ability for who I can trust and that's all very good like that's very beneficial I uh I was even validated in a lot of things while the situation was happening I was validated in my own abilities to protect people and to you know, still maintain a degree of discernment and awareness about what was going on without being, like, super clouded by the terror of it. And, like, I, and again, I found out who, you know, is really going to stick by and, like, show up when things get very, very scary. Because this is a very scary situation. When I say, like, the whole, like, incel mass shooter thing, a cops actually said that. One of the, one of the cops, like, afterwards like during the whole restraining order thing like he said that those were his words like this fits the profile of a mass shooter and sure enough he did and you know uh but i'm not i'm not gonna be afraid I, I can't live my life in fear of these people and obviously they're committing a lot of violence across the country there's a lot of crazy terrorism happening right now from these crazy ass motherfuckers um but i'm not gonna stop speaking out against them and i'm not gonna stop um calling out evil where I see it and you know if they're gonna attack me because of it 
that just proves that I'm doing something right. That proves I'm enough of a threat. I don't, I'm not going to live in fear of anything. I, I lost that ability, <laughs> um, you know, not that long ago. It just like, after everything happened with my brother, just there was a whole sea change in my perspective and some things just kind of broke and they're not coming back and I'm, you know, going to have to live with that. You know, I, I'm not quite the same person I was, um, but in many ways it's really good because a lot of it has to do with not being afraid in the same ways that I was before. And, uh, and I, I'm especially going to refuse to be afraid of this motherfucker. I'm not going to give him that power. You know, I wasn't afraid of him when he was trying to in intimidate me to my face you know, on the, the day after he calls the cops on me, which was also an intimidation move. Like anyone who tries to call the cops on you, knowing you're a marginalized person um, and knowing how cops feel about that. And this is a person who knew very well how cops feel about us. That, you know, they would do something like that shows that they have no qualms about violence. And uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to concede that. I'm not going to live my life in fear just because someone's too afraid of a fucking conversation and too afraid to say that they're wrong and that they're, you know, they did the wrong things. So it's been good. Honestly, you know, it's a weird, it's almost a weird self-esteem thing. <laughs> you know, if, if there's any kind of silver lining to this situation, it's that, that I came out of it stronger. I feel like other people that were involved came out of it stronger and we all realized, you know, who we could trust. And, um, you know, hopefully other situations kind of get better. Um, and then, you know, the people who kind of fell away or didn't want to get involved, I, that's all good information to know. Because... You know, I show up for people in my life when shit goes down and I need to know who can show up for me if things get weird and uncomfortable and potentially dangerous. And let me tell you, it's very few. It's very, very few. But when you find those people, they're the best people, best people in the world. And so I'm incredibly grateful that I know so many awesome people like that. And I've, you know, really tried to cultivate those relationships and um yeah and I think I'm getting more refined at it as time goes on so yeah that's the Sunday fun day for the day this was a long one but I had to get the story out because it was just so fucking weird like whoa so fucking weird and I hope to be doing another live stream next month too I did not get to do one this month unfortunately but I hope to be doing one actually um hopefully sometime even uh this week too I might try to put one together uh for you guys because I miss you and uh I want to see you I want to see your faces and uh yeah we can talk about like I don't know way cooler stuff than uh stalkers <laughs> so uh yeah and um so thanks for listening to this whole uh sunday fun day rambly diatribe on crazy stalkers and not forgiving them <laughs> and
being angry about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I will be uh, putting together a live stream pretty soon so I can talk to you guys in person-ish. And, uh, yeah, have a fucking cool Sunday. Bye.